So in June of 2019, my wife and I celebrated our 25th wedding anniversary. And Shannon has just been this incredible a gift to me. She's put up with me. She's traveled with me. She's uh, been an incredible spouse and, and has served in the church in so many ways. And I'm just so grateful for that. Uh, but we knew that, that June of 2019 was going to be a busy year for us and busy time of year for us. And um, particularly because our son was graduating from high school. He actually graduated on the day of our of our wedding anniversary. And then he's going to be moving to Spokane to start college at the end of August. And we had kind of a, a busy summer already. And so we, we said, well, let's celebrate our anniversary a little bit later. And then we said, well, when, when is a good time to, to go? And we looked at the fall, but the fall was already busy. And the fall in the church is actually extremely busy. And I said to Shannon, you know, let's just, let's just push it off and, and, and do something next year. And, and, um, but we, we decided on where we wanted to go. And so we just, we, uh, picked a place called Turks and Caicos, which is about 600, 700 miles, um, south of Miami and, and in between the Bahamas and Haiti and the Dominican Republic and this incredible series of islands. And, and we actually couldn't find very many people who had gone there, but the people who had been there had said it was absolutely stunning and absolutely amazing. So we're like, this is where we wanted to go. And so then we started trying to figure out, well, when should we go? And we knew our kids had uh, January break and spring break and, and I had Easter. And so we finally landed on saying, Let, let's go at the end of April. And so we made arrangements, flight arrangements, and we made uh, hotel arrangements and had it all sorted out because we thought what could go wrong with pushing back our anniversary celebration to the spring of 2020. Well, if you haven't been paying attention yet, you probably are now paying attention and thinking, what exactly did Paul just say? So in case you missed it, we pushed back our 25th wedding anniversary celebration. That was in June of 2019. We moved it to April of 2020, thinking this would be a great time to travel. And then we know what happened. COVID hit. And so instead of prepping for a trip to go to Turks and Caicos to celebrate 25 years of marriage in the month of April, I spent the month of April canceling all of our reservations and trying to get our money back. It was a very strange way of thinking about, is this really how we spend the time celebrating 25 years of marriage? I've been calling the year of 2020 the year we didn't travel. My wife, in homage to Harry Potter, has been calling the year 2020 the year that must not be named. Because it has been a strange year. The fact that I'm sitting in a room in our studio here, looking into a camera, talking to you and wishing you all a Merry Christmas when it's just me and the camera is weird. I would have never imagine that. I don't think even when we went under the restrictions in March that any of us would have ever thought we would be in December and I'd still be f preaching in front of a camera. And I have to tell you, it doesn't get any easier. I, I, I get it and I know it's what I need to do and I love being able to do that. And, um, but but it, it's just strange and, and we're all living in this strange time. But I don't want to talk tonight about the strange time. I want to talk about traveling. And, and, and the sense of you know, I, I love to travel. And I looked back at my calendar this year and I realized the only traveling I have done has been on the West Coast. I've been in California and in Oregon and in Washington, taken some flights and driven some miles. And that's been it because we're just not really traveling like we used to. We aren't even traveling to see our parents. We didn't travel at Thanksgiving. 
We're not traveling at Christmas. And so there's this, this, this odd sense. And then, as many of you probably did, I got this wonderful, incredible um, alert a couple of, probably a couple of weeks ago now from the state of California and got it on my phone. And here's what it said. New public health, stay-at-home order in your area. COVID-19 is spreading rapidly. Stay home except for essential activity. Wear a mask. Keep your distance. Stay home. Wear a mask. Keep your distance. And a Merry Christmas to you. I mean, how strange is that? That when we are used to traveling and being with family, we're being told to stay at home, to play it safe, which we need to be doing. But in this Christmas season, I want to remind us that God continues to travel. Now, I was tempted to do a Christmas message from the Gospel of Mark. And I'll tell you something, you rarely, if ever, will hear a Christmas message from the Gospel of Mark. And I wanted to do it for this reason, because Mark is what I call the non-traveling gospel. In the Gospel of Luke, we get to hear about the shepherds, and we're going to read about them in just a moment. In the Gospel of Matthew, we hear about the Magi who are looking for Jesus. In the Gospel of John, which we read when we do Silent Night and, and light the candles, we, we read that the, that the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. The Gospel of Mark has none of that. Here's how the Gospel of Mark begins. The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. And then it goes straight into John the Baptist. No infancy narrative. No preparation. It just starts with the adult Jesus. But, you know, I don't want to preach from the gospel of Mark on Christmas Eve. I want to preach from the gospel of Luke. And I want us to think about all the traveling that was happening in the gospel of Luke. We're going to look at 20 verses. It's a lot of verses, but they're important verses. And and just as I read this, they're familiar words. But think about everybody who was on the move. And then we're going to talk about some of those people. So this is the gospel of Luke chapter two, verse one. We read this. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. And we talked about this uh, last Sunday. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths, placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. This is what happens when angels show up, folks. There is terror. Every time an angel shows up, these same words are spoken. Fear not. The angel said to them, verse 10, the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause a great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. 
And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Did you catch all the people that are traveling in this narrative in Luke chapter 2? It begins with a census. And we think about a census, but why would, why would we have this census? Well, the census is basically to, con- to be able to tax people. So everybody is moving in the Roman Empire, and Joseph and Mary, they have to travel to Bethlehem because that's where the family of Joseph is from. So they're on the move to Bethlehem. They make it to Bethlehem. Jesus is born, and then, and, and then the angels are on the move. The angels are on the move from heaven to earth to announce this great news. The first angel says, this is incredible thing has happened. The, the Savior has been born. And then the chorus of angels, I love this. It just, it, the, the volume grows because they start singing glory to God in the highest heaven and on peace and on earth peace on those whom his favor rests. And it moves from the voice of one to the voice of many. So the angels are traveling from the heavens to the earth. And then the shepherds travel to go and see the infant Jesus. People are on the move. God is on the move. God has been traveling. God has arrived in the form of Jesus Christ. And the shepherds say to each other, let's go and see this thing that has happened. And I always wonder, what did that conversation look like? We hear about what that, what happened after they had seen the baby Jesus but we don't really know what they talked about on their way there. They had, they had had this incredible appearance of the angels in front of them, singing to them, telling them of everything that had happened. And then they, they go, they don't sit there. They travel to go and see what has happened in Bethlehem. And, and, and really for them, I mean, they're out there working they make an incredible detour. But what they discover in making that detour of going out of their way, of traveling to the city of Bethlehem, they see that this detour is actually more of a U-turn. It's not a dead end. And so they go and they see Mary and Joseph and the infant Jesus. And something happens to them. Something changes in them. Something new and wonderful that they had not seen before. Their lives were not great being shepherds. They were outcasts. They were not really welcome. They were, they were seen as part of, the, of, a, of a lower class. And, and their lives, you know, they, they, were, they were watching and waiting as well. They were wanting something better than what they had. And the angels go to them first and say, A Savior who is Christ the Lord has been born. And so they make a detour. They go out of their way to go to this manger. And for us in our lives too, I think that 
the import, there is an important aspect of life that we don't always like that's called a detour. That sometimes God allows us to, to kind of go off the road or God pulls us off the road sometimes to have us stop for a while and to, to look and to listen and to learn. Because what the shepherds saw changed them. They realized that God had traveled for them. That the angels had announced to them the good news. And so in the midst of travel bans or travel, only essential travel allowed, don't forget that God's still on the move. Because we, we, we need to hold on to those traditions that we can. And, and I recognize that, that this year has made a lot of that very difficult. One of the things I'm bummed about is our family for who knows how many years has, we, we will get in the car, we drive down to Balboa Park, and, uh, and, and we go take a look at this guy. Um, you, you may be familiar with this person on the screen, guy by the name of the Grinch. And we know the story of the Grinch. And the Grinch hated Christmas. And he looked down on Whoville and got sick and tired of them always celebrating and all their singing. And so he comes up with this great idea that he's going to steal Christmas. But to do that, he has to travel as well, right? Because everyone's moving. So he loads up and he, or he gets in his sleigh and he grabs Max and dresses him up like a reindeer instead of the dog that he is. And they sneak their way into Whoville and they steal Christmas. And the Grinch can't wait until the next morning. When all the people in Whoville wake up and discover that Christmas is gone, it's been stolen. But you all know the story. The Grinch goes out to listen and the people are singing. Both tall and the small are singing the song. And the Grinch cannot figure it out. And so you know these lines, and I would try and do them from memory, which I might be able to do, but I don't want to take a chance on that. But here's what he realized. He says, as he hadn't stopped Christmas from coming, it came. It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, and bags, or bags. And he puzzled and puzzled till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. What if Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store? What if Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more? What if Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more? And we know that truth. We know that pandemics, travel restrictions social distancing, wearing of masks doesn't keep Christmas from coming because a savior has been born who is Christ the Lord. That is our hope. That's what this day, this evening is all about. That Christmas comes, that we continue to sing the songs, that that cannot be taken away from us. And so what Christmas is saying to us is that Jesus has made the trip for you. Jesus has made the trip for me. 
Jesus has, has traveled from the, the outer reaches of the heavens, from being in perfect communion with God, to come and commune with us, his people. People who perhaps have lost their way. And the shepherds go. And they take this detour, if you will, to Bethlehem. And their lives are forever changed. John chapter 1, verse 14 puts it like this. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. And the shepherds saw this little child and their lives were U-turned. Nothing would ever be the same again because they had gone out of their way to see Jesus. And so for us, this Christmas, as we look forward, I, I want to encourage you either today or tomorrow to take a little detour to the manger of Jesus. To find a place, you don't have to travel to do this, but just to find a place where you can just sit and realize what God has done for you in Jesus Christ. You may have lost hope this year. You may be extremely discouraged. You may be extremely encouraged. Wherever you find yourself on that spectrum, here's what I want you to know. That Jesus has traveled for you. He loves you more than you could ever possibly imagine. He sees you. Even if you feel, you feel as though you can't see him, he sees you, he knows you, and he loves you. So take a little time. Make a little detour to see the one who has traveled for you. The one who ultimately gives his life so we might have life abundant and life everlasting. Pray with me, please. God, on this Christmas Eve, we, we hear the familiar story. We experience it in a different way this year, but we experience it in a different way every year. But Lord, I don't want this just to be words for us. I don't want these songs that we sing just to be songs. I long for all of this to point to the Messiah who has saved us, the one who gives us hope. And so, Lord, open our eyes to your great truth. Some of us need to, Lord, ask you to be a part of our lives. Others of us need to, to know more of the joy that you offer to us. Wherever we find ourselves, Lord, give us time to pause, to take a little detour, to see the beautiful, wonderful Savior born for us. And then, Lord, to return with joy and thanksgiving, singing songs of praise. We ask this all in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm.